three. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. It is September the 14th, 2021 in the ATL in Georgia, in the USA. Um, and this is your Arsenal Weekly Review. I have Josh back from the Islington Gazette uh, to talk about Arsenal women and, and quite a role that they've been on. But before I get started, I want to remind everybody to smash a like on this video, to subscribe. There's a subscribe button somewhere. You know where it is. You can find it. And also share this video with your friends on social media as well, because that is how this word of mouth has gotten started for this video channel. If you are not wanting to see Josh's beautiful, handsome Brad Pitt-like face, uh, then uh, then please listen to the, to the uh, show on all of the podcast platforms, including Apple. And you can leave a five-star review that helps other people find the podcast. So please do so. Uh, subscriptions on subscriptions and all this stuff on the podcast growing exponentially uh and uh, but youtube your youtube people need to catch up uh, I, I gotta tell you um so josh um also i want to let everyone know uh we had the manchester city weekly review uh yeah it, it's coming out later today i have a little bit of technical issues with that it went a bit long probably because it was eight o'clock at night and I was talking to somebody who was also eight o'clock at night and I was drinking some beers and, and uh, you know, trying to f figure out whether or not Willie Kirk uh, or uh, Garrett Taylor was going to get sacked first. Um, that took too long probably, but, uh, but watch it anyway. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Uh, I'll I guarantee you I have not had any beers so far in the last uh, 12 hours. All right, Josh, uh, what's it like to be an Arsenal women's fan right now? Yeah, you know, it's good. Um, obviously, the season started very, very well. Uh, obviously, the Chelsea Chelsea game was unbelievable, incredible day. But it's only one game. And then mm -hmm. they had to go and follow it up last Sunday against Reading, which they did. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, look, it's, it's it feels really good right now. It feels a big sort of refreshing moment. It, like, it feels like it's, there's a big refresh to that club. I mean, I love how... The football is being played at the minute. I really like how uh, Jonas Edval has set the club out. Uh, it's always attack, attack, attack. And it's, it's really good to watch. It's, it's entertaining. Instead of, you know, I'm not having a dig at Joe Montemore, not one bit, because I really liked him and I thought he was a good manager. But sort of when Arsenal went ahead last season, then they sort of took that little bit of a cautious approach. But now Arsenal just want to go and kill teams off and, it's great mm -hmm. to watch as well, and they've got the quality going forward to, to do that. Yeah, they definitely do, and and, and there's a lot to unpack, and, and I, I do want to go all the way back to the Chelsea match because it, it was really, uh, I think, um, really kind of like a, where you would just like, you know, put a, t put a flag in it, and, and this is where the season starts in the WSL for them, and it was a landmark game. But I, but I want to kind of step in a little bit off the pitch for a moment. Okay. So one of the things that's kind of cropped up and cropped up in the last couple of last couple of weeks, it cropped up again when I was speaking to fans, uh, you know, this week and, and last week. And it kind of cropped up uh, in the lead up and after the match with uh, with Chelsea was this idea that away fans are coming to these, uh, you know, to these grounds. Uh, in WSL, it happened with Arsenal. It happened with Leicester, with Manchester United. Uh, it happened a couple other times that I could see where away fans were coming into the grounds, and they were not being segregated 
with their own, you know, they were not, they were being, not being completely segregated away from the home fans. And there's been a lot of talk about that. A lot of, a lot of complaining about that. Um, And, and, and I, I think, from what I understand also the league itself is kind of wanted to push this agenda that, you know, we want the fans to be all very all inclusive together. Uh, this yeah. is a women's football this is a family thing, uh, all this other stuff, but fans are like, eh, no, I like to segregated. Mm. Josh, what are your thoughts about that? Do you have any thoughts about that as a, as a specifically a fan of Arsenal women? I mean, I taught them Hotspur. Um, you know, in the Spur- Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, the first the, f- the first year that Spurs were in the WSL, uh, mm-hmm. thirty eight thousand at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, fans were se- segregated, and yeah, it was obviously good because, like you know, you're in with your own fans and the atmosphere is better. But I also get that idea of it's women's football and, you know, the inclusive the inclusiveness, um, which is also I think is a really really good idea, but. The longer it goes on, I would sort of like the the to be segregated because you're in with your own supporters. It makes for a better atmosphere. You know, it's more mm-hmm. colourful. Um, mm-hmm. But again, like I, I totally get why the league sort of do have everyone together because women's football, I think it's it's completely different to men's. Like it, it is all it is a togetherness in there as well. But from a fan's perspective, yeah. Segregation would be good because, like I say, it makes for a better atmosphere. Uh, it's more colourful on TV as well. And it actually probably looks like there's more people in the ground, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, on TV if they are segregated. And I think it shows the players because the players can't all, always see the away team. I mean, they can't always see their fans and the home fans. So it would make it easier for the players as well to, to go over and, and access their own fans as well. So, yeah, it would be a good idea. But, again, it's very, very hard to do, especially in the in the small stadiums. Yeah, I imagine that it is. And, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, having to go uh, – well, the, I can't imagine, like, a, a smaller ground like King's Meadow, uh, for example, and, and having to figure that piece out, you know. And also there's the piece of my – you know, my understanding is that – in order for an away fan to get a ticket to the the match away, they have to go through that away club. You know, you yeah. can't get it through your own. You have to go. You know, like if you're going to Birmingham, you have to go to the ticket office and you know, in uh, with Birmingham as opposed to you know an allocation from you know the side that you're supporting. Yeah. Um, which is you know, which is interesting. Uh, you know, and I think that's the way it's done here in the states. Uh, you know, we, you know, it's like I can't get you know, Nashville FC tickets through Atlanta United. They're like, yeah, yeah, like, nah, come on. No, uh, we don't even like them. Uh, so why would we sell their tickets? It's stupid. Um, you know, so I, I mean, I, as an American fan, I get it. But, I, you know, in talking to fans in the UK, you know, it's kind of a different story. They're like, you know, we're, you know, and I, and I get it. I understand. I, I do understand that because they were talking, I was speaking to somebody and they were talking about, well, if I have to go through Birmingham's ticket office, then I'm now forever on their email list. And they yeah. send me, you know, emails every day about the, the go to the shop and everything else and yeah. and so forth. And I was like, yeah, it could probably be annoying if you're traveling with a supporters club to every single ground in the WSL. Um, so that could be a bit annoying with your email box. Um, but I, I certainly get it. Um, you know, I, I think there is, I, 
I was kind of in the back of my head, kind of had my own little opinion with this is that I think this is a reaction. And I think you mentioned it. Yeah. I mean, as much as we would like to see the women's game be more equal to the men's game, um, you know, it is different. And I think that the the league is trying to kind of make kind of, make that clear that it is different. It's a a different types of fans come to the matches. Uh, It's a different vibe. It's a different atmosphere. It's a different environment. Um, You know, I see that argument. I see it. And I think also it's kind of a reaction to, you know, the past where, you know, I remember, you know, well, maybe I don't, I can't say that I remember because I'm, I'm, I, I may be old, but I haven't been watching football forever, but I do remember, you know, the, the, the times back in, you know, the seventies and eighties when yeah. going to a football ground was, you know, you might as well get, you know, pack heat with you or, you know, a shank or something, because I mean, and they, you, you would see, you know, all the police, you know, in the aisles, yeah. you know, in the staircases, and fans from each other because you don't want them to kill each other, uh, you know, at the stadium because that could be a distinct possibility. Yeah, um, exactly. And that's why I think that, you know, that the WSL don't do that because they show that there is no violence in the in the WSL right. stadiums. It's a, it's a family game. So if you look at the WSL, if you look at an average stadium, there'll be families that will go. So, you know, yep. your, mm-hmm. your, your, your grandma and your granddad and your mom and dad and stuff. And you're it's, taking your daughter and your son, yeah, and, you know, that's, and, right, you know, and it's and that's cheaper as well, obviously. But mm-hmm. that's what is completely different to what the men's game is in England. I mean, and the men's, and even the chance, even the chance. I honestly have never heard a swear word in a women's football chant compared mm-hmm. to the men's, where every mm-hmm. single song will have basically will have one in it. Right, so right. It's, it, it, it's a it's a whole different demeanor, and I think. Like you've already mentioned, the league have tried to show that it is different, but the reality is as well. I would ask, I would, I would like the fans to be segregated because, like I said, said when I went to Tottenham Hotspur Arsenal, I was in with the Arsenal supporters, and you know, you can go crazy when you celebrate, which is which I love doing, by the way. But like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just it just feels better, and you know, everyone else around you is just is happy while it's a bit strange if you're celebrating in the homestand you know what I mean mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah it's a but like you say the league is trying to show that it is all inclusive which I 100% I, I understand it is a family sort of orientated league um, but for the league to, to sort of look more professional I think segregated fans would be good Mm-hmm. And I think that that seems to be the consensus, and I wonder if if it indeed is an initiative by the FA uh, to do this. I wonder if they will eventually be like, okay, clubs do what do what you want to do with that. And so, we're, I mean, Mark, Mark, you know, with with the uh, MUWSC, I think he said it best. He's like, I don't want to be sitting next to. Uh, I don't want to be sitting next to city fans at you know Lee Sports Village. Of you know, yeah, you know? I mean. I just, I just don't, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. I, t- I totally get it, man. I totally get it, you know, uh, and so forth. So I, I, I did a whole show on the Chelsea match and, and it was me ranting for, uh, you know, 12 minutes or whatever long by myself about all sorts of topics related to the match. But I, I do want to speak to you briefly about that. How okay. great, w- how great was Beth Mead in that first match against Chelsea? I think Beth Mead's been absolutely outstanding, um, even uh, in preseason. 
I think she's a player. I think everybody's reacted really well to Jonas, but mm-hmm. she's the one that right now I'd say has reacted the best to him. I just think he's allowed her to be more free. He's allowed her off the hook. Um, and she's allowed to roam around the pitch a lot more. And she's she just looks like a new player, honestly. If you're an Arsenal supporter and you looked at Beth Mead last season, compared to this season, you would have thought that Beth Mead was one of the new signings in the summer because she just looks a completely different player. Yeah. Um, and she, she fully deserved her England call-up this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hope she gets some minutes there because she's, the, well, obviously you've got Fran Kirby, but she's the, probably the most form English attacker right now. I mean, what is it? She's got three goals mm-hmm. um, already. Um, yep. So it's not even the goals, it's the assists as well. Yep. So she's got six assists in, in all competitions. So, you know, she just looks like a whole new player. In that Chelsea game, her movement, her runs that she was making, that she was making, yes, the third goal, it was offside. Um, mm-hmm. But to even go into that position, was said a lot about her. Last season, I don't think she even attempts to make that run. But she did, and she got a reward. And the yeah. second goal, and the second, or the, her, her first goal, and an Arsenal second in that Chelsea game, the finish. Last season, that doesn't happen. I think that Beth Mead looks the pass, or looks the cut back, and find Miedema. But she was selfish, which she needs to be as well, because she's got the quality to go and do that. Um, and I think that goal just showed just how much confidence that she really has right now. Yeah, in the first goal of the Chelsea match, the, the Miedema goal, you know, it, it was one of those things where I was like, she's one-on-one with one of Chelsea's, you know, <laughs> back three, Nim Charles, yeah. and just, you know, it's like world-class striker one-on-one with, in, in that situation, Miedema is going to win 99 out of 100 times. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like classic. And then she's one-on-one with uh, Anne Catherine Berger. And it's like, and yeah. then I think she even fools Berger because I think Berger yeah, was thinking was going to go on one side to the left and, you know, Miedema just slotted it to the right. Yeah, you know? I, I, I didn't uh, I thought she was going to go across goal instead of yeah, that I, post. Um, so it, it was a brilliant goal, and and but the thing that really was remarkable about Beth Mead is you're right. I I was like, this is not the Beth Mead I saw you last season. Yeah. Um. I I saw more of a very tentative Beth Mead. Um. As yeah. you said, so I think that's a really good take. Um. You know, but just the speed uh in the agility that I'm seeing from both her and Miedema at this point. The, the, the team, you know, the team actually looked better. Yeah. Yeah. But exactly. the thing is, though. How long can that continue? Because yeah, it's a, it's hard to play that style of football every single week because you will get tired. And with the amount of fixtures that Arsenal have this season, so it's all about game management. Arsenal have got the squad now to, to they've got they've got the squad to rotate. Um, like I mean, at the weekend, Mana Iabuchi was on the bench. Mm-hmm. That says everything when you can put a player of her quality on the bench. That shows you just the depth that Arsenal do have. Providing everybody stays injury free, I mean, there's already been a few injuries. Simone Boy Sorensen and Noel Maritz. Um, thankfully, it's an international break now, Ashley. Um, so hopefully it, that's just a short term, and and they can recover going into the Man- Manchester City game next time out. But um, the whole the whole squad depth looks brilliant. Uh, they were backed in the summer, Arsenal. Jonas was backed. 
and he says himself it's a work in proce- uh, progress, which it is. But the fact that the club were back this summer uh, to bring those players in says just a lot about Arsenal's intentions. I mean, Tobin Heath coming in. Did I see Tobin Heath coming in two months ago? No, absolutely not. Um, Do you think, think that Tobin Heath is going to be a impact player? I think she'll start. Uh, okay. I, I don't. I, I don't think you can. Well, there's enough games to equally rotate, which I think will happen. Mm-hmm. Right. But right. I think Tobin Heath will start the majority of those games. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. she's too good of a player to come in and come off the bench. If you understand, yeah, it's a bit like mm-hmm. what Ronaldo is at, at Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Right. He ha- he ha- he ha- he has to start those games because. Mm-hmm because of the what he can do and Tobin Heath has to start for Arsenal. Um, I will be honest with you when I heard, when I saw that signing Josh I, that I was I was really annoyed. I was yeah, so annoyed with that. I was so completely annoyed. I was annoyed at, at everything that had happened in the summer window in the WSL. All the crazy stupid stuff that happened yeah. and then that rolls in right before the Chelsea match and I'm like you know, I mean, I had there were so many in, unfortunate bad words that I can't speak of on this <laughs> channel or in front of my child that, you know, and I was like, oh, you know, I was just so, I was just, I was almost livid over it because I was like, and then I, is it, is it true though? And I, I think it is. Is it true though that she has been a lifelong Arsenal fan? Yeah, she is an Arsenal fan. I mean, yeah. that was the only thing that allowed me a little bit of like, okay, all right. I'll give you that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, and like I say, I mean, and there's a player that I don't think. Well, she's got notice with the Arsenal fans, but I don't really think the whole league have sort of caught on to just how good she has been. Uh, Freedom Adam, absolutely outstanding. Uh, came in from Linkapings, um, and honestly, she's just taken to the WSL like a duck to water. If you watch Arsenal Chelsea over again. You'll see that Katie McCabe went forward and you're thinking, what if Chelsea hit Arsenal in the counter-attack? But mm-hmm. Freedom Adam, she covered Katie McCabe. She tucked in so well. And for a young player to do that very well in such a big game says a lot. Says a lot about her character. And again, at the weekend, Reading. Reading's a tough game away from home. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake about that because they're so physical. They're such right, a physical right. side. Mm-hmm. And in midfield, they will crunch you. They will go in and they will draw blood from you, and they will. But for such a young player, like in Manham, she stood to the challenge, and she she gave it she gave it back to them as well. So it shows you how confident she is. And obviously, she played in Sweden before moving into England. So their season sort of through the summer, mm-hmm. and you can see how fit she is. Like her fitness is 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 excellent right now. But that's a player that I don't think has got enough recognition this season. Arsenal's midfield this season, compared to last, is already in complete contrast, in my opinion. I mean, when when you can rotate as much as Jonas has so far, it mm. says that this squad really is in it for the long haul. Yeah, and, and I've said this over and over again, and I will say it again. The difference between the top three teams in the WSL and teams that make it far into the Champions League, um, both on both sides, men's side and women's side, is the quality of depth, um, you yeah. know, past their starting 11. Because most of the, you know, I would say that the starting 11 of maybe the top 
you know, a, you know, top half of the teams is strong. But then when you get to their bench is yes. when things start. You know, I think that's the difference between, let's say, Manchester United's women's team right now and, you know, Arsenal. I think that's yeah. the difference is the is once you get past the starting 11, then, you know, it's like mm, it's a little bare on in the cupboard, as they say. But with Arsenal, you know, it, being able to start Manum and Iwati in the midfield against Reading, a very physical team, and then sit other people and wait, you know, because they're going into an international break. I mean, it's really good yeah. management uh, of that. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Frida is, you know, is, is 20, only 22. I mean, yes. she looks, you know, probably 18, but she's 22. But she's a young, very young player, midfielder uh, with a lot of skills. And, and was, yeah, and you were absolutely right, Josh, quiet, very under the wind, under the radar. Yeah. Uh, but it's those types of players that the big teams pick up that no one's ever heard of. Uh, and then they come in and make a huge impact and they become like unsung yeah. heroes. And the fans of that club know who they are, but no one else does. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, um, you know, I was talking, you know, in a bigger scale, because I think everyone knows who Sophie Ingle is on Chelsea. But, but you know, I was talking with Rob about her and how important it was she is to their, you know, their defensive midfield, yes. you know, slot, you know, um, with G rather in rather than somebody else in there or a replacement in there. And and Rob is convinced that if Sophie Ingle started against Arsenal, there would have been a different result. Um, um, you know, I'm not yeah. sure I believe that um, because still Miedema beats Charles and, and, and you know, and Mead is well, in the form she's in. But the three, the, the three at the back against Arsenal were very poor. They were, they were, they were poor against Arsenal and Engel mm-hmm. would have offered them much more protection. But yeah. Arsenal overloaded Arsenal or Arsenal overloaded Chelsea down the sides. Yep. Yep. used the width. Yep. And, che- and even if Engel was there, I still don't think she would have stopped that happening. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I, I just. I. <clears throat> um. I think that. The, I mean. I think it was more of a difference. You know, not having the the a trio, the trio of Ingle, Kerr, and Kirby. And yeah. You know, and a poor back three. Um situation and and one wonders how long that three four three is going to last at Chelsea, but um, you know we'll see. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. I always love these sort of unsung hero players that it's like, yeah, that person may not be scoring all the goals and they're not going to yeah. get all the assists, but they're such a, a conductor of things on both sides of the ball that um, that is hard. You know, it's really hard to miss in the end. But um, but going into that Reading game, I was really. I was really interested about how that game was going to play out because yeah. Reading away is has always been a tough sell for every yeah. team going there, and they play very physically. They very they, they're usually pretty organized and pretty yeah. tight in their marking, um, but the speed and the fitness level, the the yeah. pace and the open space passing, I think just overwhelmed them after a while. Yeah, I mean, I think. Arsenal scoring after 17 minutes was big. Mm-hmm. I think the longer that goes on, you know, Reading get more comfortable because they are a very organised side. They're very hard to break down. But, you know, 3-0 up at, at half-time, Arsenal were they were ruthless as well against Reading. And they played similar, Arsenal, to how they played against Chelsea. You know, they exploited the full-backs. 
Right. Again, uh, if you look at it, they exclude the fullbacks and um, they, 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 they yeah they just they destroyed the fullbacks. I'm sorry, they, 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 they did. Yeah, no, they I did. Mean, and, and again, Beth made big performance. Absolutely. Again, a goal to assist. And that shows you her again, like her confidence right now. Yeah, I think. But the first goal really interests me against Reading from a corner. Mm. Don't yeah. really see Reading conceding from a corner. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. Excuse the pun, by the way, but <laughs> that Arsenal have in their armory. Um, mm-hmm. because that's a horrible pun, by the way. It is a horrible pun. Yeah, <laughs> that the, the, you've got nobody. I don't think people underestimate just how good Jen Beatty is in the box. And mm-hmm. that's another. If she stays fit, that's another outlet that Arsenal have this season. There's not. If you look at the WSL, not not many goals are scored from corners. Just how it is, but BD is oh, how she attacks corners is is huge is 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 huge for Arsenal and that was a goal that we said, all right, Jonas Edvidal or Edvidal system just isn't about playing it through high intensity. They can, the set pieces have been worked on as well, mm-hmm. and he actually said after the game against Reading, he said that that's still set pieces are still an aspect of the game that Arsenal are trying to improve on, but. That was a big signal to me that all right, they can do multiple things as well. If it isn't going right, they can put balls in the box and and some and again the fourth goal was from across, Beth Mead crossing in and made him a heads it in. So the balls in the box were were absolutely quality as well for you know the attackers to go and to go and attack them and that was a big thing as well. It isn't just about fancy tiki tacky football from Arsenal. Um, the shorter doing more of the, the gritty stuff to go and win games as well, which again, at Reading, you need to do the gritty stuff because they'll make it hard for you. They'll mm-hmm. sit back and they'll make it so awkward for uh, for for you to go and break down, but Arsenal were excellent against Reading. Absolutely brilliant performance. Um, I wasn't sure how the game was going to go. I always just thought Arsenal were going to win, mm-hmm. but Reading is, like I say, it's such a difficult difficult place to go. And Did I expect to be 3-0 up at half-time? Absolutely not. So, right. Yeah, I, I was pretty surprised by that. Um, you know, I thought it was going to be like 2-0 or something like that, you know, at the end. And, and to be up 3-0 at the, particularly that corner to start that start the scoring off was was really excellent. And, and uh, you know, you know, BD was, you know, pardon the pun, heads above the rest on yeah. that one, uh, you know, with that. And the thing with Reading is you is this is where tiki-taka kind of football fails against Reading because yeah. with tiki-taka football, you slow things down and you allow, you essentially allow the opposition to just, you know, kind of get solidified and to build, you know, to build a hard block. Um, and Arsenal didn't let Reading do that. You know, they just no. were lethal on the counterattacks. Um, and, you know, to you know, because and that's my philosophy is I love possession based tiki taka football, but if you have an opportunity to attack the defense before they get set up and organized to on a low block, which Redding is going to do to you, then you might as well take that opportunity. Yeah. Um, and then that's where Arsenal is like really lethal and really forward, really on the front foot. The, I think really, yeah, the question then becomes is, is you know, is everyone going to stay fit? Because you watched on Sunday, you watched it. Um, you know, two players on Sunday get, you know, carted off the, the pitch 
you know, um, you know, due to leg injuries, you know, um, yeah. you know, one with, uh, you know, a very important player for Manchester United, Millie Turner, and yeah. then another one with SMA, Mor- SMA Morgan for Manchester City, who's all, who right now is really important because of the injuries they have in their back line. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Morgan's injury is probably a little bit better, but it's kept, it's kept her off the international duty. Yeah. So, you know, and that's going to be the question is, is this is where the grind comes in and city doesn't have champions league football to look forward to, but Arsenal does. Yeah. Um, so it, it is going to be interesting. And that's what hurt Arsenal last season was injuries. Um, yeah. So I can see the concern there. Um and so forth, but also part of it's going to be personnel management uh, on the you know on the manager's side. Um, yeah. Big takeaway for me, you know, you look at the stats of the Reading match; it was you know sixty three percent percent possession for Arsenal. That's expected. Yeah. Uh, pack, passing accuracy at eighty three percent. Probably like to see that a little bit better. Um, shots on target five out of seventeen. Okay, um, seven hundred touches out of four seventy five. Beth Mead. Clearly, I think again, player of the match, or yeah, I'm, uh, no, um, no, like, because she had nine shot creating actions, four goal creating actions, um, one goal to assist. Um, you know, just clearly evident. Um, there, let's look on the defensive side. Yeah, Katie McCabe had four tackles, Beth Mead had four tackles of her own. I mean. Okay. She's all over the pitch. She's all over the place. I mean, um, good news there. Any other notes about this particular match that you think are important to, to talk about? Um, I just think that Arsenal showed a a sort of what they want to do this season in terms of the press from the very, the very, very Mm -hmm. start. Mm -hmm. And they went to kill Reading off, you know, I think that was a big thing for me. I think Reading and just how they dealt with the physical battle. I think, like I say, Manum was was excellent. And uh, you know, Kim Little kept the ticking again. She played a, a huge part in the first goal, winning the ball back. Um, or sorry, the second goal for for, for the first first made goal. Um, because she won the ball back, and, and Arsenal obviously they hit Reading from that. They played through the thirds with with Little Manum, but you know, it was just a it was just a really really good performance going into the international break and. Certainly one that Jonas Jonas can look back now on. Obviously, his first month isn't over yet, but his first six games, he's won, he's won all six. And yeah, Arsenal are, are, are taking along nicely, but this next game against Manchester City, again, it doesn't get any easier. If Arsenal get out of this month with nine points, even seven, then I'll see if he say Arsenal are really in for the title this year. Yeah, what do you think of Manchester City? Um, again, Arsenal were in that situation before with injuries as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yep, I I understand what it feels like. But I've always said that Manchester City need a proper number nine as well as Alan White, and they don't have it. So, yep, they just don't have – for me, they don't have enough goals in there. Yeah, it, it, they don't have enough goals in their back line because of injuries and so forth is is also a problem. Uh, yeah, so yeah. they got problems on both sides of the ball, and I think and there's a huge Ellie Robox a huge loss. Huge yeah, loss. Uh, yeah, that's that's also true. So it, they've got a lot of people out, uh, and I think they've got some chemistry issues. I mean, there's is 
you know, you've got some, you know, senior lead, player leadership infighting on the squad from what I've been hearing. Um, you know, they're a little not happy with, with Garrett Taylor and, and his, his management uh, overall. Don't know how, I mean, the, I mean, it's professional football, so you expect that to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's normal, um, you know, when things are not going according to plan, um, you know, and then I think they got victimized by poor officiating on Sunday as well. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, so I think that's a piece of it is it, it too. And, and uh, so there's a lot going on and I think for, you know, I, the question always comes up is like, does the international break come at a good time for a, for a particular club? And, and maybe for Manchester city, it does. What about yeah. Arsenal? Do you feel like this international break comes at a good time? I know it's like it's it's hard um, coming off just two matches, but you have also the Champions League stuff too. But obviously, with momentum, you want to keep that going. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. As long as everybody says fit, it should be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there'll be a lot of Arsenal supporters watching the games behind their sofas this week um, <laughs> because when it comes to international break. I don't know. It always seems to happen. The Arsenal, yeah. somebody mm-hmm. big seems to always get an injury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just hope that it sort of just hope, hope this one finally goes smoothly because obviously the next game's huge against Manchester City. It is. It's already a huge game, and if Arsenal get get six points out of Chelsea and Manchester City early on, well then they've got a good run. Yep. They've got a good run until obviously. To meet those two again, and that's no disrespect. To every every game's different and every game's hard, but Arsenal should be have an absolute huge boost if they can already dent Chelsea and Manchester City early on in the season. So I just hope everybody stays fit over the national break. That's the the most crucial thing. Um, yeah, the the Manchester City match is really, I think is such an opportunity for Arsenal. I think you're absolutely right yeah. to really put the flag down and say, look, first month of the season, we knocked off Chelsea and then we yeah. knocked off Manchester City. We didn't do that that well last season doing that. Yeah. Um, and it puts Manchester City into a position that Arsenal was last season where they lost, yeah. you know, key matches and lost points when, you know, and they got knocked, you know, essentially knocked out of the title race I would within argue, the first six weeks. I would, I would argue with you, it puts Manchester City in a worse position because mm-hmm. Arsenal, yeah. Arsenal don't tend to lose those games against game the likes of Spurs. They don't really do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they lose the big, they've, they've, obviously, they've lost the big ones between Chelsea and, and, and Man City. But Man City have obviously still got to play Chelsea twice as well. Mm-hmm. So I would argue that it puts Man City in a very, very difficult situation already. I'm only in the first match of the season if Arsenal win. But we'll see what happens come the 26th. So with that being said, I mean, what do you, you know, assuming everyone stays fit for both sides, um, because there's no guarantee that everyone on City squad is going to stay fit either. Um, well, M- Manchester City will... Have to you'll have to get the boots on then because they'll, they'll, they'll have nobody left. <laughs> I just yeah they'll have to you know I, I mean when talking with Kate you know Kate was like well you know it was like she's like well what about our you know, what about our you know youth academy squad I mean, we have to get them out there you know I'm like yeah Kate if there's 
somebody else goes down, that's what happens. You're going to be running up a, running a 17 year old into their first match. Um, so against Arsenal against Vitama. Um, so good luck. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a tough sell there too. But I mean, w- do you have a prediction for the city match going in or, or is it too early because we got so much happening hmm. between now and then? It depends obviously who's back for, for, for Man City, but you know, Meadow Park, Arsenal home, mm-hmm. and the way that Arsenal are playing. Yeah, I'm quite optimistic actually that Arsenal will, will, will win it. Um, will, 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 will win that game. I think, I didn't expect them to see off Chelsea. That was a big, big surprise. I always, I just wanted a, a really good performance against Chelsea. I didn't expect it to go and win the game. Mm-hmm. And no disrespect to Man City, but I think Man City is a, an easier prospect than what Chelsea are. Uh, oh, I would agree. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Given given the the state of affairs right now, the state yeah. of play for them, um, and so forth. I mean, the the potential is there for them to do wonderfully, um, but right now they just don't have the you know the players in place, and I don't know where Bunny Shaw fits into their system. Um, yeah. To be honest, I really don't. And that's what, and that was my my criticism to begin with. And it was oh, it's a great signing. And like, yeah, she's a number nine. Right, but how does she fit into the system, and how long is it going to take for her to get fit into the yeah. system? Uh, is is the issue? But I, I mean, I and right now, if the game were played tomorrow, if the game were played this weekend, I would say Arsenal would win, oh, and it, and and yeah. it would be you know it would be speed, pace, um, counters, all all sorts of things, and they would yeah. win. I really think they would win if the game was played this weekend, uh, and if if they were both fit going into t- into after the break, and they were both fit, um, I would still say Arsenal would win uh, because the yeah. state of affairs right now, um, you know, they it's really not, need to get Ellie Roebuck back. They need to get, you know, um, you know, Ellen White needs to get fit. She's not completely fit right now. Yeah. Um, it, it, there's so many little missing pieces there, uh, and Arsenal's been in that that position too. If, so if, lastly, if, though, if, lastly. If, if Ellie Roebuck, the last point, sorry, in this game. Yeah, no, no worries, man. If Ellie Roebuck misses out against Arsenal, Arsenal win that game. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah. I just think she's such a big, big loss in terms not only her shot stopping ability, but the defence just look very shaky from crosses as well because mm-hmm. they haven't got a goalkeeper in behind them that sort of makes them feel confident and that mm-hmm. comes and claims crosses. And I think the goal at the weekend. Obviously, yes, there is a handball. It is a clear handball. But maybe I'm being harsh. I don't think Roebuck concedes that. And yes, it okay. It hits off the post and mm-hmm. it hits the goalkeeper and goes in. But I just think Roebuck finds some way to flick it away. I I would have to agree. I'm not trying to be harsh, but yeah, yes, I would yeah. have to. I'm agree not with trying that. to be harsh. I don't want to be harsh. I don't want to sign yeah, harsh. But, but it, I think, but it's but it's really true. There's a there is a gap, a huge gap in quality between La Roebuck and the um the backup. I mean, it's just yeah. clearly a, a a gap there. Um, so yeah. So, so lastly, I, 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 you know, I had probably, you know, I was drinking a beer while doing the Manchester City review, and and um, and, and half jokingly, I said that there was a, a manager sack race in play between Willie Kirk and Garrett yeah. Taylor. Um, I mean, how poor Everton? Yeah, I'm mean, really disappointed. Um, but again, I take it. Well, hey. I mean, we've just been talking about Manchester, Manchester City being poor, but 
uh, Man City put four past them at Goodison, which right. yeah. I was I was really surprised about. And then Chelsea putting four past them, not as surprised because I always expected Chelsea to react from the Arsenal game. But or, or sorry, Everton gifted them goals. I mean, mm-hmm. the Sam mm-hmm. Kerr, the the second Chelsea goal. I'm a big fan of Megan Finnegan. I think she's I think she's excellent, but it's such a poor pass and and, and Everton getting punished. But eight goals in two games, it's not good enough. Do I think that the either of them will get sacked? To be honest, not right now, no. Um, but Everton have to win the next games because they've got a a, a good little run now until you know the tenth of October where where they play Arsenal away. Um, I've just been really disappointed with how Everton has played. Just hasn't clicked yet. But they've got such a huge, they've got such a new squad that it will take time to click. But I, I don't know. I, I can't see either of them, even Gareth Taylor, even if he loses or the Arsenal game, just can't see them sacked right now. It's still very, very early, early in the season. Yeah, and then who are you gonna? And then who are you gonna replace them with? Is the yeah. other question. You know, I mean, in terms of for both, I mean, I, Manchester City will would probably ninety five percent sure, you know, hire from within, um, you know, um, to to fill that position at least temp- at least temporarily. But you know, the thing with every, the thing with Willie Kirk to me is, and I feel bad, I really bad for him. And the reason why I feel bad for him is this: is because they brought the the club invested a lot. Yeah. I'm bringing a whole bunch of incomings and then a bunch of outcomings, and it makes it a challenge. Yeah, nine incoming players. Uh, that com- the squad, the squad is completely flipped. Uh, so yeah. that that works in your favor uh, later, but doesn't work in your favor to start with. Yeah. Then to start the season off, you end up having to play the two best teams in the league, arguably. Yeah. Um, in Chelsea and Manchester City back to back. One of them, you know, oh, in, in one of them in the case of Chelsea at at Kings Meadow on their first home match of the season with fans for the first time in a, a millennium. Uh, so yeah. that, that was a tough sell right there. But here's the thing. I, I, I'm being a psychologist, you know, I look at body language and I see when I saw the, the city put past four, um, uh, put four past uh, Everton and I saw Willie Kirk's body language and him talking to his assistants on the, on the touchline and, and, and on the bench, he didn't look like he knew what was happening. He yeah. didn't look like he knew what to do. And that's not what you want to see with your manager when you're trying to make the top four. Yeah. You don't want to see the dude be like, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what happened. What do we do? I mean, you know, this is not Ted Lasso here. This is not, yeah. this is, we're not doing that. Um, so uh, so that, that was a tough look for me uh, and so forth. But, but I also feel bad for him because I think he may end up being victim of Everton's own ambitions because yeah. they expect so much. And yeah. they they be like, hey, look, we we brought in like a whole new team for you, so yeah. you know, um, no, it, you know, he, he can't it's say just, that it hasn't been back, yeah, no, I yeah, it's just it, it's a tough, it's a tough situation there for him, and and uh, I I don't actually I don't want him to be sacked to be honest, because I think it would be unfair, um, and 
what I see happening potentially is he might get sacked. And then what happens, they bring someone else in and they get the, they start gelling and then the new manager bounce. And then it's like, look, we made the right decision. You know? And and in fact, you probably didn't because it would have happened anyways. Yeah. You know? So uh, the next two games, obviously, as you said, for Everton are are really key um, and so forth. But I, that's just, you know, the t- the two teams I was raving about in, you know, right before the season, Leicester looked horrible against Manchester United uh, yeah. and, you know, ever, you know, and then in their first match, you know, at home in the WSL, the King Power, and then, you know, Everton looking even worse. Um, I mean, they, but see the thing that is last year, Josh, they competed against those teams. No, they did. Yeah, no, they you know, and, did. And they didn't now they don't even look like they're competing. They got a, you know, expected goals against of 5.7 and negative 4.5 goal differential and expected goals. It's awful. Yeah. I mean, they, they look terrible. Um, and you know, that it's really on, it really was kind of shocking. Um, and so forth. So I, but best of luck, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, uh, I don't. I don't ever want anyone to get sacked. But you know. But no, that's not true. I do want people to get sacked. That's, just, <laughs> that's a lie. Um, you know. But I, I don't want Willie to get sacked. Free Willie. Just keep him free. You know. Keep yeah. free. Don't fight. Don't sack Willie. Uh, you know. Just hear me out, Everton. Don't sack him yet. Now, if he loses two more games, the next two, then then uh, all bets are off. But um, but don't free Willie. Just free Willie. Uh, so. But uh, good luck with Arsenal. I mean, they, you know, we didn't mention the Champions League draw. Uh, they got a pretty decent draw. I mean, Barcelona, yeah. Hoffenheim, and, and a team from I don't know where, but um, from Denmark, yeah. Then, you know, so uh, top two go through. Um, how do you feel about the group? Yeah, I mean, obviously you've got the European champions in there, Barcelona, but I think that's a great draw for Arsenal. I think it will really show just where they are at right now in mm-hmm. terms of competing for that elite level and then you've got um Hoffenheim in there and I like Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim actually got a decent little team there. Um they've got uh Bella up front, uh, Austrian player who is he's one to watch out for in those games. Very dangerous. Um but I think that Arsenal have more than enough to qualify um in the top two absolutely. And yeah. I think they will qualify. I would imagine Barcelona will probably win the group. I mean they are they're the European champions for a reason, but it wasn't so long ago that uh, Arsenal beat the beat the, beat the side in the Champions League final. Who obviously Barcelona beat. So you never know what happens on the day. Football's football. It's 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 a it's a strange sport and how it works. But yeah, fairly fairly happy with the draw, um, and it means that they can't get Barcelona in the quarterfinals either if they go through. So I think that's a big advantage as well. Yeah, and I mean the the, the those. Uh, group stage matches against Barcelona, though they're going to be fun. They're, oh, they're, going, to, they're going to be fun to watch. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. Hoffenheim. I think last year at some point, I think they beat knocked off Bayern or Wolfsburg in one of the matches in near the end of the Bundesliga season uh, yeah. there, um, and so forth. So they're not a, 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 a none of the sides really are anything to sneeze at, actually, um, and so forth. It's, it's going to be fun in group stage. Just, you know, it's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I do expect Arsenal to get through um, in that particular group there. And that doesn't seem to be like a group of death in play either. You know, well, where, Chelsea's, you know Chelsea. Chelsea's group is a little bit harder, you know, than, than it looks when you got Juventus and uh, Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg. 
Um, you know, that's an interesting group, but I expect Chelsea to go through. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So do I. Um, so, all right, Josh. Thank you so much for being on t- no uh, today. This is your Arsenal Weekly Show. And yeah, we're, we're delving a little bit more, you know, y'all, and you probably have noticed that I'm delving a little bit more into some of the other teams, talking about the other teams on these shows here. It's not all about the, the team that's being featured um, and so forth. So the, you're going to be expecting more of that coming in the future. We'll be talking about other other squads and, and how it plays out the league in general. So and get folks reaction to them, too. So I you know, I don't want those teams to feel totally left out. And I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate mail from Everton fans, but maybe they agree with me. I don't know. Free Willy. All right. So that is it, Josh. Thank you for being on today. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. All right. This is it for your weekly weekly shows. Uh, I do not know. To be honest with you all, I do not know. I haven't even thought ahead yet. I don't know what we're going to do next week since there is an international break and play. So I'm not really sure. I might come on just by myself and rant and rave for 20 minutes while drinking a Guinness. Who knows? Um, but we'll see what happens. It'll be fun. Um, and then we'll, we'll obviously, once the WSL kicks back in, uh, we'll be back with weekly shows at that point, obviously. So in the meantime, please smash that like and share the video on your social media and subscribe to the channel. If you don't want to see my face anymore, because who does, I'm not even sure my dog or my wife do, um, then please, you know, listen to the podcast, do a five, six star review. How many stars give the max just give the max uh and then uh share with your friends as well thank you so much for joining us england is burning is out for this week we will see you later have fun be good out there enjoy the football